The market doesn't joke around, so why would you? Get serious. Choose Tasty Trade. Tasty Trade gives you the tools you need to make smarter moves. Dig into data with advanced charting, track profit accurately with order chain trackers, see risk clearly with curve analysis, and trade with low-capped commissions, stocks, options, futures, and more. All on one platform. No wonder serious traders choose Tasty Trade. Join the club, genius. Tasty Trading is a registered broker-dealer and member of FINRA and SIPC. Market insight and analysis. You're listening to the opening bell of CNBC's Squawk on the Street. Good Monday morning and welcome to Squawk on the Street. I'm David Faber along with Jim Cramer. Carl Kintany has the morning off. Let's give you a look at futures this morning as we get ready to start another trading week. You can see we appear to be ready to do that on an up note. Something that would be a change from, of course, uh, the recent moves we've seen in the market. Uh, And we do start there with our roadmap this morning. It is an important week for investors, of course, as diplomatic efforts resume to end the Russia-Ukraine war. The Federal Reserve, as well, could hike rates, will most likely hike rates. Pretty big surprise if they didn't hike rates for the first time since 2018. We're also going to talk Chinese e-commerce stocks. They are getting rush for new concerns about USD listings. We talked about that last week, but we've also got an impact of a COVID outbreak there, not to mention the possibility of sanctions. We'll get into all of it uh, as well. And Affirm, that company, yes, raising its third quarter and full year guidance just a few moments ago. The shares are down 70%. That's year to date. Company CEO Max Levchin is going to join us in a few minutes to discuss. Though we begin with a new market week. More volatility, of course, does appear to be ahead of today's trading session. Right now, Jim, that looks like it means an up open. That's not saying much these days. Things can reverse very quickly. Yeah, I'm so glad you said that. I'm so tired of being ruled by the futures. Tell me when the futures have been right. Uh, I think a lot of people come in with a lot of hope. And they come in with hope because there are uh, Western sources, particularly uh, Western sources that are uh, let's just say, more dovish, seem to predict every, every time that something good is going to happen. We had Michael O'Hanlon on this morning from Brookings. I thought he was very good. What he said was, okay, look, the Russians are trapped in, a, in a, you said this, in a 2003 American scenario in Iraq, hoping to find a way out. Uh, I like that analysis, except for the fact that I think that they haven't taken a major city. Uh, we know from... Uh, two different instances since Putin comes in uh, that uh, Grozny was leveled, the capital of Chechnya. of Chechnya, and then Aleppo, more recently, 2016 Syria, uh, half, half demolished. The man doesn't uh, leave until there's maximum mayhem and uh, reckless disregard for human life. Has there been enough? Let's not underestimate this man's ability to be able to create havoc and kill people. And I have to tell you, 35 people at a military base is nothing for this guy. Meaning that you believe there's continued escalation? Well, he's not where he wants to be yet. I mean, when you go over what he did in Grozny, what he did in in Chechnya, I mean, yeah, look, I've got to tell you, this is a fabulous book. It's put up by the Army. Rand and then authorized by the Army. It's it doesn't take long to read Russia's uh, Cheshire Moors. And you, what you see is that Putin, Putin comes in and says, what, what the heck are we doing here? Let's level a city with artillery because our soldiers won't get hurt. And I think what people are forgetting is, is that you can level a city with artillery. Uh, this is the threat. 
I don't understand why people aren't talking about it. It's been the pattern. It was the pattern in Syria, and it was the pattern in, uh, in Chesnaya. So what the heck are we thinking? We think that, you know what? He's just going to, like, say, that was it. All right. Well, yeah, unlike our uh, country in 2003, where there's actual pressure that can be brought Wait. to bear because we're a democracy, we, it's we unclear where the pressure will come civilians. from. I mean, one of the things that um, his there was reckless disregard for killing civilians in Syria and in Chechnya. By the way, a lot of Russians died in Chechnya by uh, fratricide. Well, a lot of Russians are dying here as well. Right. A lot of soldiers are dying. We don't know the exact but numbers. Remember, the but press has been shut well down. There is no liberal press. Yeah. And we know that in the last opinion poll, he's gone up. Not unlike he he went up in Syria, and uh, he went up after they closed down the liberal press. In, in, uh, yeah, there's no free press whatsoever in Russia. So, so how would you know uh, that things are going bad? Uh, foreign journalists have also all left. Uh, many have left the country as well because of the fear of a crackdown. Should they report what is deemed fake right. news? So there's really no viable outlets. How about Western uh, Western news yesterday? Russia coming hat in hand to China. China. Well, that's, listen, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, as always, as much as we have to focus on the war and the humanitarian disaster that has been created as a result of Putin's decisions, we come back to the markets as right. well. Right. I'm glad you did. Um, I mean, and I just. You seem to be indicating a belief that this is not going to change anytime soon. No. And I, look, I think it's an overhang. Uh, the market reacts to what's happened in China in terms of uh, return. Uh, sadly, of COVID, uh, because the futures were up in the Nasdaq. Well, China's getting hit from all sorts of different all, reasons. Yes. And you mentioned the first one, uh, you know, and it's unclear exactly what's taking precedence here. They have a COVID outbreak. They've shut down Shenzhen. That's yeah. 18 million people, enormous amount of manufacturing uh, capital, uh, not to mention just a key business hub for the for the country as yes. well. So that's shut down. I mean, subways, everything shut down. Nobody's right. going to work. Uh, for that's one week, important. though. Remember, they've done for one Right, because they got, still have their zero COVID policy, right. but that can have a potential impact. Then you also have uh, the overhang from last week. This is an issue that I discussed, Jim. I know you were, you were away, but I know you're always watching and aware of this delisting process. You were great. Um, you, you, and, were, you were strong. <laughs> well, we, we told people about, I think it was Thursday morning when that first surfaced. Uh, this concern of the delisting process that is beginning. Everybody knew it was was going to happen. Right. It's holding foreign companies accountable. That's the SEC Act, uh, but it it did have the uh, uh, it did have the effect of chilling investors right. and perhaps starting to just get some of them to say I've had enough. Well, I mean, Alibaba, uh, right? But then you mentioned the other one, which is if the Chinese, as the U.S. seems to be indicating, this is based on reports from uh, the Wall Street Journal, Washington Post, others that the Chinese. Uh, have been asked by the Russians to potentially provide arms, which, if in fact were the case, then we might have to move into a sanctions protocol with the Chinese. So all three of those are having an impact on the Chinese market, and that last one would have a chilling impact broadly speaking. I mean, the reason I don't believe this is is that, remember, they're using artillery. I mean, look, I'm no... Actually, I kind of am military. I've written a lot about military. And uh, (laughs) the Russians use artillery because that saves lives. You can't fight. There's 285,000 well, soldiers. There's 285,000 buildings. Kills in, a lot of people. In, yes, there's 285,000 buildings in Kiev. I mean, 285,000, but you don't like have like house to house. No. I mean, there were 10% of those in Fallujah. And think about what it was like to be able to, if you were Americans who really know how to fight uh, in, let's just say, urban environments. So look, David, I just think that they have, you know, artillery is what they have their strength. They've never run out. They didn't run out in 43. 
They're not going to run out now. I don't want to get too far ahead. I think you didn't make your point, which is you don't believe that the Chinese will actually do, provide arms to the Russians. No. I think the Chinese hate, do not like us, and the Russians do not like us, so they have commonality. But that doesn't necessarily mean that there'll be troops. I'm looking at things like, Dave, let's go back. I'm looking at things like Alibaba and, J- and, and yes. JD. JD yes. is buy to, to sell over JP Morgan. Alibaba's buy to hold. Dave, these were the blue chips. I know. Well, Alibaba the is chips. the name that we focused on the most. Obviously, I spent a, a, some time there uh, many years ago what at this think? point already on the campus there and with uh, its founder, Jack Ma. I think, you know, thanks, JP Morgan, for saying that, gee, it, it p- feels to us like uh, a number of global investors are in the process of reducing their exposure to China, the Internet sector there. Feels and that could lead to significant fund outflows from the sector. That's the kind of really insightful analysis, I think, that we should be bringing our viewers at 908. Don't you, Jim? Well, yeah, I mean, it would. I think it would have helped to get that Alibaba call 200. But you know what? Who am I? Maybe. Yeah. Uh, I uh, listen. Yes. What? No kidding. No Thanks kidding. So much for no that. kidding is and, no kidding is the research this morning. Now I like David Costin. He gives you a no kidding, but he also gives you an earnings per share will only rise uh, in uh, uh, oils. Right. But he still gives you a 10 percent targeting cut, uh, going to 4,700. You know, it's that's still hopeful. It's hopeful. Still hopeful. I don't know. Listen, there are a lot of uh, large hedge funds that have enormous amounts of ex- or, uh, significant exposure to these, some of these Chinese, what were the growth names there. And, Maybe and they're oligarchs. all capitulating. The same ones? They have the oligarch money, and they got Chinese exposure. What do you think of that? Yeah. It's, it's not a great combination. No. It's not a great combination. Right, let's, can, let's, we, can we also get back to the broader economy of the world as well and, and the concern about energy and inflation? You don't want to do that? No, no. I mean, look, energy's actually coming in a little. I don't think you can go over 100. Look, that's, you know, the forward curve is signaling I mean, that, that, that oil's going to go down. It, uh, Goldman put out an interesting chart that I'm using this morning, and I hope it's correct. But, you know, Russia, 11% of oil, 19% of gas. This is worldwide. And now, I don't use vanadium a lot in my daily life. No. Maybe you do, but they're 25%, 6% of aluminum. 4% of cobalt, 16% of titanium, others say perhaps a lot more than that, 13% of nickel, um, palladium 43%, diamonds 29%, platinum 14%. Those are, those are not insignificant no. percentages of worldwide production. Potash, not an unimportant thing when nope. it comes to growing stuff. And Ukraine, 20%. Uh, bed. What's the impact going to be with this, com- with this country completely cut off from the world economy? Well, I think that I know I spoke about the idea that uh, we were, uh, that Russia's only as big as Texas. I mean, what we're discovering is Russia is uh, ground zero for a lot of metals that we can't get. Uh, once again, though, uh, let, let's not forget that it isn't like the war's going to go on forever. And there are stockpiles. Like Bowen told me they had a lot of stockpile of titanium. But I read over and over again that they're out of titanium. Right. Well, I don't know. I believe Boeing over the, the people who spread rumors. I mean, look at Apple today. You think Apple just sits there and says, darn it all. Darn it all. Everything just shows it. No, like they have alternate ways. It's just that there's not, Apple doesn't comment. Like Tim Cook is not putting out right. a statement. I, I just, you you, you ran through that quickly. Your point here is Shenzhen, the, the, the closure for a week there could have an impact on Apple. There's a lot right. of supplies that come out of that area right. for iPhones. Well, yes, but I also think that we are ill-equipped to be able to say that the supply chain is hurt. Because historically, we don't know 
anything about their supply And we do know that our companies have become a lot more nimble when it comes to figuring out how to, how to navigate their supply well, chain Well, that's needs. why, like, are we really China, which market is horrendous, by the way? Are we really Europe, which is most impacted because they've got huge costs of energy? No, we're America, but everything that happens, whatever's bad in Europe, boom, hits us. Whatever bad in China, boom, it hits us. Well, how about us? Our economy's still hanging in there. Thank Pretty you. Pretty good. Thank you. You're welcome. I mean, I am glad that we when I was lot, away. We do you, have a lot of inflation. Well, we got Jay Powell's. What were you glad about while you were away? Tell me. That I missed you. <laughs> I missed you, too. <laughs> All right. We'll end on that nice note. When we come back, a firm CEO, Max Levchin, is going to join us. We'll talk uh, about, of course, uh, well, he's from Ukraine as well uh, and uh, the city of Kiev. So we'll talk a bit about that, not to mention, of course, his company, which uh, did raise its outlook this morning. Let's give you another look at futures as uh, we get started with trading here in about uh, 17 and a half minutes or so. More Squawk on the Street straight ahead. Every day. Thousands of Comcast engineers and technologists put people at the heart of everything they create, like Olu Sheyi, a Comcast engineer who grew up bonding with his dad over sports. This inspired him and his team to create AI Highlights technology that uses AI and machine learning to detect the major plays in a sporting event. So millions of fans have a way of catching up on their favorite sports. Learn more at ComcastCorporation.com. Let's get straight to the point. You want to grow your portfolio to fight rising costs of inflation or pay off your debt or anything standing in the way of you and financial freedom, right? Yahoo Finance, our sponsor today, can help. For more than 25 years, Yahoo Finance has been helping great investors like you. Whether you're a seasoned investor or just looking for tips, Yahoo Finance makes it super easy by putting all the tools and data you need in one spot. Yahoo Finance takes a holistic look at the financial news cycle, including breaking news, original editorial perspectives, analyst ratings, independent research, customizable charts, and more. You can securely link your brokerage accounts for a unified view of your wealth, including 401k and other investments. That's how Yahoo Finance gives you insights and helps you take a look at your wealth in its entirety. That big picture perspective is what great investors need. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit the brand behind every great investor. YahooFinance.com, the number one financial destination. YahooFinance.com. That's YahooFinance.com. New diplomatic talks to end Russia's war in Ukraine are underway once again this morning. Our next guest has a somewhat unique perspective on the current situation. He was born in the capital of Ukraine, Kiev. Joining us now is a firm CEO and PayPal co-founder as well, uh, Max Levchin. Max, uh, good to have you on the show. And l- let's start on Ukraine before we obviously uh, get into a firm and your business and where things stand right now. Just give me your reflection as somebody, obviously, as you say, was born in Kiev. You know, you've been in this country for quite some time, but certainly have a connection to that um, what is your sense of things right now? And, and just give me your, your sort of feel. Oh, well, Zoom problem today. Thank you for having me. Uh, really appreciate the, the call out on Kiev. Of course, it is my city of birth. And um, it's a humanitarian catastrophe. And uh, I, I absolutely hope that diplomatic talks prevail ultimately price of war is human lives. And so for the moment, I am entirely focused my charitable efforts on helping the refugee crisis. But uh, it, it is absolutely horrifying what's happening there. Have you had any outreach within the business community as well? An important component of the story overall, of course, from our perspective, has been the number of Western businesses that have pulled out of Russia, for example, have ceased 
doing business there. I don't know if you had any business there at all that you have uh, that you are no longer pursuing, but are you aware of and or connecting with other business leaders uh, as well who might have had business in Russia? Uh, we did not, and um, therefore didn't have to make the hard choice. I, I think that is another side of the humanitarian crisis. Frankly, these are folks on the other side of the war border who are probably well-meaning and have nothing to do, in fact, have protested the war and uh, cutting them off from their Western companies is probably the necessary and the right decision. But uh, boy, it just hurts everyone all around. Again, I, I really do hope the, the war ends, the shooting stops, and uh, diplomacy prevails. Uh, Max, Jim, uh, Jim, humanitarian crisis, I've been trying to figure out, as of many, uh, whether you want to try to help, and you want to try to help everybody, the refugees by uh, giving to Poland, uh, Moldova, uh, the uh, people who are there, um, uh, humanitarian crisis. Could you just help us as you give? Who do we give? Uh, it's, you know, probably a choice that everyone has to make for themselves, but uh, we've spent a lot of time researching charities on the ground, helping refugees get settled, and most importantly, get fed and uh, donate to those. There's lots. Um, I don't want to advertise any particular one, but uh, those those are plentiful and they're doing God's work. And I, I'm certainly spending lots of cycles helping them. Okay. Um, when the Russians decided to level Krasny, uh, the people ran out of food. It was part of the strategy. So I totally understand. I'll work on this too. All right. Let's talk a little bit about, about a firm. There were uh, a host of uh, of what I call, uh, let's say, sketchy negatives about how you were able to uh, raise money in this asset-backed world. But this morning you raised numbers, which make me feel like, since I've known you for a long time, that anyone who is saying that you're having trouble coming up with money are, are, is rumor-mongering. If you were coming up with money difficulty, how would you report better-than-expected numbers today? That's exactly right. Um, so let, let me speak to both of these topics separately. So first of all, uh, as you know, uh, I'm an engineer and uh, we built this company like engineers would. We have ample redundancy, to use a technical term, in all aspects of our business, just like we have lots of servers that can take on the load from our partners like Walmart and Amazon. We also have many very diverse sources of funding and asset-based security market is very volatile right now. We decided a few days ago to postpone a securitization, which would have been a refinance of another deal we have now in the market, because we didn't like the way that particular volatile market was treating it. Fortunately, and by design, we have many, many other sources of funding, and we were able to reroute uh, this particular one to one with much better economics, and we'll continue to do so. The whole point of having lots of diverse sources is that at no time do you have to feel pressured to take anyone's capital and rather than take terms you give them. So on that sense, I think that's rumor margaring indeed, and uh, I'm, I'm very glad uh, you asked because I would love to uh, dispel that silliness. Now, the reason we came out and said, hey, we're going to update guidance is because fundamentally, you know, I have lots of shareholders, and while I am very, very focused on a 10-year vision, 20-year vision, and we're trying to build a great company here, you know, I, I have responsibility to the shareholders, 2,100 of whom actually work at a firm and it's important to know that if they are holding a firm, if they're long a firm, they're doing the right thing. We have not just no real headwinds, but ample tailwinds. We're, we're doing really well. We're executing on a strategy. And um, you know, it made sense to come out and say, hey, we're 
we're doing pretty great. Thank you. And, you know, but Max, there's a concern that the, particularly given this environment now, inflationary environment, people's what they pay for gas is going up, what they pay for to, to for energy in their home is going up. What are you seeing in terms of delinquencies amongst your uh, your users uh, at this point, you know, given this inflationary environment? So I think you said it right before the break. The US economy, at least for the moment, is still quite strong. We are seeing exactly the repayment and the delinquency and defaults, all the metrics that we track very, very carefully perform to our models as predicted. I've said it before and I'll say it again, because we have so many very small separate obligations that we enter with our consumers, what really happens is we can choose a delinquency default number. It is an input, a setting into our business as opposed to an outcome that we have to deal with. So as a result, we've been able to manage the business really, really tightly. Now, the interesting thing is that the reason we're able to, uh, to, to raise guidance a little bit is because what we're really saying here is not only has a firm done great, the demand for our service is going up because consumers are trying to ration their money a little bit more carefully because they're trying to smooth out their cash flow. And so to date, the economy has been very strong. Our consumers have been paying us as, as we had predicted they would, and the demand for the business is increasing. All right, Max, I, I agree with that. Uh, so let's just talk, go right to Amazon so people understand. If you have the relationship with Amazon and the level of defaults for Amazon, I think are almost nil. Why are people so worried about the so-called little jokes like buy now, uh, not pay? Uh, because I find these to be something you would say if you were short stock down here with an $8.7 billion market. You know, I, I can't speculate as to uh, what the shorts are really saying and, and uh, the rumor mongering they're engaged in. Um, for what it's worth, we're doing really, really well. Uh, the Amazon pilot, as referred, uh, launched uh, last year, and it's only been a couple of months, but the results we're seeing are really excellent. There's just unbelievable demand for this product. Again, you know, in the more complex yeah. economic times, your cash flow has to be smoothed out, and that's what we do. Inflation robs you of your spending power, literally, and we bring it back. Uh, Max, finally, you know, you, as you say, you're doing well. You have a long-term vision, but the stock price is down 63% over the last year. That can have an impact on morale. It can even impact your ability to pay your employees to the extent that some of them are earning a significant sum or had been previously through stock-based compensation. Is that an issue for you? you know, I think just like myself, uh, we try to run a very, very transparent company. Of course, no one loves being beaten down in markets, um, you know, but yet we are very, very focused on the long term, just in, ter in terms of economic strength of the company. Uh, we have uh, and, you know, plenty of access to capital in terms of our ability to fund our loans. We have $9 billion of capacity and then some adding a, a amounts of about $22 billion of gross margin volume. We have north of $3 billion of uh, cash and investment. So the company is very, very strong and our employees are certainly very, very aware of it. The stock price will eventually take care of itself. I'm very confident that so long as we keep on delivering and our numbers, we'll, we'll, we'll be just fine. And uh, I, I make it a point of telling every one of our employees that we're doing the right thing and we're doing as well. All right. Well, you've told our viewers as well, and we'll be keeping an eye on it. Appreciate your taking time with us. Thank you, Max. Thank you.
Coming up, we're going to have Jim's Mad Dash. We'll also count you down to an opening bell that's less than six minutes away. Let's give you one more look at futures before we do get started with trading here at the New York Stock Exchange. We are still looking for an up open, at least on the Dow and the S&P. We're back right after this. People today can spend half their lives over 50. So it's good to be financially ready for what's important to you as you get older, like a family vacation. Or starting your dream business. Welcome to Connie's Coffee. How may I help you? AARP's trusted financial tools can help you plan for whatever your future holds. That's why the younger you are, the more you need AARP. Start planning today at aarp.org slash money tools. What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration, our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with PGIM, a leading global asset manager. All right, let's get to a mad dash uh, with Jim as we uh, got about two and a half minutes before we get started with trading. We've talked a decent amount about China, but not as, you know, we talked a bit about Baba, but let's talk about JD as well. Horrible week for that company stock as well last week. Doesn't appear to be any better so far as we start trading. Yeah, uh, I'm just going to realign for the JP Morgan because uh, this is a downgrade. So, uh, China investment strategies, they price in China's geopolitical risk. Uh, we view China Internet as uninvestable as a si- on a six-month basis. They love JD. Now they sit downgraded to, uh, they don't know how to value it. I mean, they had value some of the... What, what, why? Uh, high holdings by investors, a curse on the way down. So what we have, David, is I don't think people remember this, but when you had that uh, 2008 to 2010, what you're always looking at is the holders... Yeah. Are the holders going to keep holding? That's why I mentioned some of the hedge from Tiger Global. And again, you know, these numbers, Jim, as you well know, are based on previous 13Fs, but they own 7-plus percent of JD. Yeah. Um, and China is the second largest, was the second largest exposure in their portfolio at over almost 13%. It's, it's huge funds like that that may finally be like, we're done. Right. They're already down significantly for the year as a result of obviously owning so many growth names. And now Tiger may be saying, and I don't know, I'm just using it as an example of a a firm that may say, we're done, we're out. And that seems to be what J.P. Morgan's referring to as well. Yeah. Uh, And by the way, of course, they downgraded uh, Alibaba. David, these were loved stocks. These were the safe havens of China. Lots of funds felt they had to own China. So if they had to, they own JD uh, and they own Alibaba. And I think you're right. What happened when I ran a hedge fund, what, what would happen is if you had shareholders, you had people who needed to get out, they needed their money. Well, what would happen is you get to the end of the month, they need the money, you force an opening. If the, you can, you're an old bar, you own, say, uh, Chelsea, all right? Well, how do you know that... Uh, you're a, how, how does anyone know that that person is a stable, uh, a stable fund to be able to stay in your butt? So you have to sell now, raise cash now, so at the end of the month you have that cash. And so that explains a lot of the weakness. There you have it, the opening bell here at the uh, New York Stock Exchange. You can take a look as well at our CNBC Real-Time Exchange. We do. I think you'll see... 
generally more green on that. Here at the Big Board, Ireland Inc. celebrating its 10th annual Ireland Day at the NASDAQ St. Baldrick's Foundation. It's a funder of childhood cancer research grants. We have some green, but it's more related didn't to get a look Ireland. At the old, uh, didn't get a look at the old real-time exchange. Hope, hope everything's operating properly. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I assume it is. Yeah. Well, look, it's interesting. There are a lot of companies that are... That, that, all right. Let's talk about Max. Max Lepchev. Okay. We want to talk about a firm? Yeah. Okay. All right. So in November, I told club members that unless you buy the stocks of things, of companies that make things or sell things at a profit and then return capital to shareholders, your stock is pretty much doomed. Well, here we go. A firm, the issue is not buy now, pay later, and it's not whether they have an ABS versus other sources. It's that it doesn't fit the profile of what you want to own. It's losing a ton of money. Now, it doesn't matter, David, that you've got a style which says you can lose a lot of money. That worked for a long time. It's like, wow. Remember, David, in go back to 1998 to 2000. First mover advantage. Yes. Lots of people who liked you. Yes. Uh, sense of growth in the out years. It worked, it worked well for years. 330 then it companies working. bankrupt in the next two years? Yes. So, no, I don't think, I'm not saying these companies actually no. have real revenue. There were a lot of companies that had no real revenue. None. But, David, if you're losing money and you're asking yourself why your stock's going down, you're an idiot. And I think Max is really smart, but the, the, notice he didn't talk about why his stock was going down. Yeah. He just said business is good. That's not enough. You need, why is oil, why did Costin, and I really don't mean to, I think Max is an amazing businessman. But you know, the company doesn't make money. You know who makes money? Who? Oil companies. Yes, lots of it. But you know what? You also see companies in healthcare. And now people say I'm cribbing from Costin. No. Okay. I, I can think like him too. Uh, yeah, or he can think like you. Before you move on to that, and I, do I don't wanna, mean to call I Max do wanna, an idiot. Remember what I'm saying is I, I, wrong stocks. I do want to come back to this last question I asked Lechen, which is about stock-based com, because in this environment, oh, uh, it's something for investors to keep in mind. Uh, and I can thank remember you, David. The last time we revisited, it was 20-something years ago. Where you had these companies How that were able good? to uh, to keep their employees and keep them quite happy by giving them copious amounts of. Stock, but that doesn't work when your stock's down sixty plus well, percent. You know, David, I've been using. As well. I, I, I got to shock you. You know, and I've been it using. It doesn't add up to as big a number, and hence you may need to call on actual cash. I am actually looking at something called gap earnings. Yes, they are so different from the companies whose stocks go down. It gets us back to something we don't talk yeah. about enough, which is the adjust the use of adjusted earnings, yeah. adjusted EBITDA by so many companies, and the analysts who follow them willing to take it. The analysts yeah, are they adjust but for these things, but sometimes <laughs> then when you got to adjust back to paying people in cash, it can actually get expensive. Right. Now, versus Fang, they make stuff. Now, people are using, you know, why are Fang going down? They make stuff, they do things to profit, return capital. Simple. Sources of liquidity. Yes. Because if you want to sell a firm here, you don't raise much money. Right. But you raise a lot of money if you sell Amazon. You do. Well, that's, I mean, he said, you know, because Amazon or Microsoft is or Apple, right. Those or, are companies that will come through because they make a lot of money. But they are also the way that you can raise money because as much as Max raised his estimates for a firm, people don't care. David, this is a brutal market, okay? It's a brutal bear market. It is, although we've got plenty up to your point. Oh, yeah, uh, healthcare, today. for example, broadly speaking, healthcare, I've got. Um, 
many of the big pharma companies are up this but morning. What goes, what goes up in a recession, up. David? J&J is What up. goes up in a recession? Um, J&J. Yeah? They Wait, do well. recession? What? They sprung that on me. We're having a recession? David, there are people in the heavy recession camp. There are people in the once we finish the raise, after the first raise, the market goes up camp. There are people who think that Putin won't stop until a major city is leveled camp. There are people who think that China is falling apart ramp. And, and uh, alone are people who think, you know what? This is the time. This is the time to buy. Now, when I gave you all those negatives, perhaps it is. Maybe perhaps the market a, maybe can be very a, counterintuitive. It is. So but you brought up gap versus non-gap. Yeah. You know, so you look at non-gap, and a lot of companies are making money. You look at, you put in the stock positions, and the stocks are going down, by the way, and you look at gap, and they're not making any money. Well, no. in, in times of bad, people look at gap. In times of good, people get non-gap. Yes, they do. They get carried away with that, and we're, everybody's happy to have 40 times multiples on sales. Sales. Impossible to imagine adjusted EBITDA multiples because yeah. if you didn't have adjusted, you wouldn't have any. I have since November for the club said, listen, but, if you're in but that camp. Run, but what, the first, what? What? The first two months of this year were about adjusting for that. Well, David, I mean, the market it, was down changed. sharply before Russia invaded right. Ukraine. Right. 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 Well, it's down, we like, SP's down 12. for the fact that your buddy Jay, as you like to call oh, him. Jay was going to start raising rates aggressively and is going to start with 25 well, basis points this week. Well, you see, every, all these people come on air and they say, oh, he's behind the curve. He's behind. Hold on. Wait a second. He's behind the curve? I mean, it's entirely possible that the economy is slowing so dramatically. It's just that we have inflation. I mean, look, Shenzhen, Shenzhen. Okay, what do we say about Shenzhen? Boom, supply chain. I mean, supply chain, supply chain, supply chain. What does Jay have to do with supply chain? Right? Well, Jay's going to have to figure out how many raises he wants to actually subject to the market to. Okay, so what happens with the and raise? And or the economy to. We need housing fact, to slow. We're entering a slowdown. Yeah, I mean, but, you know, Jay's been, t- since November, he's been talking slowdown. Well, you know, can he make it happen with this talk? Yeah, kind of. It's happened before. Yeah. You want to buy a house right now? No, I'm not in the market for a house, but thank you. Well, I mean, you might want to before Are the rates go up. Are you selling any of your houses? Or no? Leases in the market again. To buy? Thinks there's some bargains here. All right. I know. I told her I thought it was a good time to spend a lot of time playing. You, you, you can't really. You run out. You only have so much time. You know that. You can't really be in all of them. No. I mean, I'd like to. be in one of them at the same time. Look, I, I think that she is thinking because we can't own stocks, it might be a good idea to own houses. Ireland. Well, you've, been, you've been thinking that for Ireland. a while. She's an Irish citizen. The heck? I haven't. You, I, I got to start availing myself of these many properties. I've asked you traveling. multiple times. I know, Steve. Multiple I know. times. I've you said, got all the Germans. Who's on the one in Italy, though? I can never yeah, get the, in the there. The Germans are packed in Italy. They love it. They they travel like they're, they're travelers. Uh, Holidaymakers. David, how about the? We didn't even talk about the fourth shot. Borla and the fourth shot. Pfizer. Fourth shot. Borla, the CEO. Of Pfizer. Good yes. for CVS. Good for Walmart. Good for your health. Okay. That's probably the order that I, since I'm a dollar sign representative. And that may man. be one reason why Pfizer shares are leading sort of, well, mRNA is also up sharply. Yeah, well, uh, it's Moderna up real. sharply as well. But, you know, look, David, there, I am kind of surprised uh, that you have companies like Apple down dramatically and they just are getting cheaper. 
they are. That that's a real company makes real things, buys back stock, good dividend. What do you do with Yum China? Uh, U M. Let me see how that's doing. U M Y U M C. They say that. Uh, well, they, they say our operations are significantly impacted by the latest outbreaks and the tighter public health measures, which resulted in a further reduction of social activities. They go on to say. Um, the situation entering March has rapidly deteriorated with the highly transmissible Omicron variant causing outbreaks across China, including economically important regions of Guangdong, Shanghai, Shandong, Jilin as well. Uh, that doesn't, I mean, and by the way, Young China was one, was one of the names on that three-year delisting process, although again, right. we all knew that was coming. Yeah. Or at least we should have. Uh, I might and take it's a, a hard long pass process, And they've got a separate listing. But, yeah, that's uh, a hard pitch. That has not been but look, a nice it's thing not, look, one of the things I thought was very interesting is the amount of exposure that uh, Yum has. And I would prefer to actually own Yum to Yum China, KFC. Right. Yum, well, Yum has also been in the news in terms of what are they doing in Russia. There they have a lot of franchise restaurants, unlike McDonald's, which owned them, was able to say, we're done, we're closed. In fact, today, 852 <laughs> McDonald's are no longer operating. But there is this threat from the Russian government. It seems that they may nationalize them. Nation- I'm not quite yeah, even sure what you nationalize or how you nationalize McDonald's. Stocks stand a lot. Uh, but you know what, Dave? It sells at 22 times earnings. I mean, why shouldn't it sell at a discount to the S&P? Go you think it should 4. sell at a discount to the S&P? In this environment, it's got a 2.45 yields. You know, I'm looking at the yield as a way to stop the decline. They do have a lot of cash. Uh, the stock's had, see, David, the stock's down 16%. The S&P's down 12%. Do you think that that's that much of a discount to the S&P's decline, given the fact that they're a worldwide organization? I mean, one of the things that we have to reckon with, David, is that... Right, but Russia's not a big part of their business. No, but we have to... No, there's a level. Do you okay, think, what, you think the, 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 the energy price increase overall is going to have an impact on people's ability to eat at McDonald's? No, no. Okay, so then a great place to eat. Yeah. So, so is Wendy's, you know, with, well, John Oliver's. Oh. Making the fun of me. I hope my wife doesn't watch that. That's a bad one. That is uh, a bad yeah, one. That was a bad one. That, that didn't was, come out well. No, no, no. Was it okay that I laughed? I, I well, have to John, admit, I kind of John laughed. talked about my wife's proclivity for a particular kind well, of burger. Well, no, he didn't, actually. He just had no, you doing it. What he it. did is he did run some, some of my uh, some clips. Yes. Now, David, okay, so let's take Advanced Micro, because I want to get away from that Baconator as fast as I can. Okay. Advanced Micro, Lisa Sue buying back stock. Yes. Worries about Neon? Uh, not yet. Okay. okay. Uh, Business, very, very strong. Yes. So uh, there's one where, as it goes down, my Chapel Trust is going to be interested in. Okay. Well, you have been interested in it. You'll just continue to buy it, is what you're saying. Well, shoot. 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 I'm sorry. It's okay. okay. Shoot. Shoot. Yeah. I say shoot. We sold some at the... Um, whoa. It's cable. Ha. As Joe Kearney says, cable with a ticker. Don't no, worry I about apologize. it. I apologize. I just kind of... Look, I just think that advanced... Say whatever bro, you want. People say the chart's bad. That's another thing I keep hearing. I know you're not a chartist. No, I'm not. I'm the opposite of you a chartist. You don't even play one on TV. No, but, I'm, but a, every, I'm a, I'm but a chartist. All my chartist friends, and I have a substantial number of chartist friends, say the same thing, which is get out now. And I'm not buying that. I think that that's ridiculous. I think that we should be bullish on the things that do have uh, a, a profile of not having a lot of Russia, uh, being able to handle China, 
and terrific in America. You know what that sounds like to me? Yeah, Exxon and Chevron. Well, those are great. That's what it sounds like Chevron to me. Chevron was downgraded again. I mean, you can't stop that horse. But I will go back and say very simply, David, retail in the United States, the spending that's going on, why are we selling that? You think that that that, um, that this is the exodus to Poland by millions of people is tragic. But it's not going to stop people from going to Costco. Okay. I want to own Costco. Except there's two there's two Chinese Costcos. Just two. Um, I think that when you listen to the conference call, you don't get a sense that it depends on China or Russia. Like not. No. No. There are a lot of worrisome trends though out there when it comes to the unraveling of globalization. Some would say that might not That's be a bad thing. But you're going to have siloed, you know, the Chinese are going to have their orbit. And it, I mean, we've been separating from them for some period of time. But, man, we still are dependent on each other. To, to, well, look at J.P. Morgan. Extent. Look at J.P. Morgan. Uh, unlike you know the Russian the hun- economy. There's an incredible hunch to find who's got, or who's on the hook. Who's on the hook. For and oligarch for, debt for what? Oligarch debt. Okay. And is J.P. Morgan. Is, I don't know that they are. I would think more no, the Swiss I'm saying banks, that, maybe. But, but this is one where, what are you, Jamie Dunn, you can't do. Remember when you know, the great, uh, uh, when you look at some of the great titans of the industry, J.P. Morgan, namesake bank. Yes. Remember, he never talked about whether he was in trouble. If you have to talk about, if yeah, you, you have never, to deny right. you're trouble, that you're in trouble, you're in trouble, then you're in trouble. So I like I want Jamie Dimon to just say nothing. Yep. Because he's probably he is David what I call a fortress bounce. He's and very happy yeah. when you say that. And there's there's no custer in a fortress. No, no, but it still means the stock is down more than the S and P this year. Well, okay. Yeah, I mean, no kidding. Some oil stocks are down big. I'm really tempted. Yes, uh, Occidental's down uh, 6.8%. Well, that's been the strongest stock. Yeah. So but, yeah, you know, we've, got, we've got we've uh, got pharma up, energy down, banks are up, and let's uh, but let's, let's, let's get to but Ulta Beauty. We're get to okay, Ulta Beauty. Oh, I'll, you, let you do Ulta. Then we supply. gotta get to Bob. I'm just saying these are companies Ulta that tractor uh, supply. Do what, do has nothing to do what, with, this, with 2018 Ultra. with you with tractor supply and keys to this market. And you Ulta? said we'd be safe in Pinduoduo. <laughs> it's four years ago, Jim. All right, let's get to Pisani, get more on uh, what's going on in this uh, market this morning. Good morning, Bob. Oh, these Chinese stocks. I mean, Jim's all over this, and he's right. They're just a mess right now. But let me just show you the overall market uh, today. Um, if there's any good news, banks are rallying, but it's not for a great reason for everyone because rates are up. We're at three-year highs on the 10-year, so all these big bank stocks are rallying rather nicely. Industrial's up a little bit. Tech's a little problematic. And I'll tell you what's an issue here is very toppy action in the market leaders uh, in the commodity sector. So energy and metals, I said this Monday last week, they topped out Monday last week. With all that action, really didn't move too much uh, overall. Let me just show you some of these commodity stocks. Devon, Occidental, uh, Oxy got a, uh, a cut, a rating cut uh, over at Morgan Stanley. Uh, Schlumberger, these these topped out a week ago. Mosaic was uh, $64 a few days ago. Look, 
It's $58 right now. New core, same situation, topped out uh, over a week ago. So there's only so far, even with the uncertainty of the commodity situation, you could push these stocks where investors are willing to uh, sort of go out on a limb with them. So where are we right now? The big wild card is the inflation story because the Ukraine, of course, Ukraine, excuse me, plays into the overall inflation story. That's still the big wild card. We are waiting for reductions. The whole street is holding its breath this week. We're going to get Lennar, FedEx later in the week. These are the early reporters, but everyone is waiting for earnings estimate reductions to start. It already started happening in Europe, but not here. We're not getting any help from rates. There's no flight to quality. As I mentioned, three-year highs and yields for the 10-year uh, right now. Uh, and there's a serious slowdown in China. You can name a, a half a dozen problems that China has got here. I think the concern over the weekend is odds of recession later in the year going up. That was the big discussion over the weekend with notes flying all over the place. David Costin's trying to get out ahead of this. He was a little bullish, remember, on the markets. Uh, so he cut his numbers to 4,700 from 4,900. More importantly, he's one of the first people out to cut earnings estimates now before the analysts do that, which is a good idea if you want to be ahead of this. 5% growth for the S&P he has this year. He had 8%. The street's at 6% right now. So he was bullish. Now he's a little below the street. He puts recession odds at 20 to 35%. And the downside risk, if we had that in the downside, in the worst case scenario, at 3,600, that's down 15% from where we are now. So that would take you down, peak to trough about 25% maybe um, fairly typical of recessionary odds. Uh, past that, uh, the China stocks are all down today, and my heavens, uh, how many, ch China's acting like a recession there with their stocks. Trade wars, regulatory battles, delisting worries, Ukraine, now the COVID in Shenzhen, uh, and look at these stocks that are down here. Now, I'm using some U.S. listed names here for China stocks, but that's not a typo, 85% from, from their highs. Pindu, Aduo, Alibaba, 66%. That's the biggest market cap uh, China stock that's out there. And even Yum China, which is just a consumer name, forget technology, uh, down 46%. But Jim had a good point there uh, about some of these stocks. JD.com is a China internet uh, as a comment there being potentially uninvestable. So what would it take at this point to get a sustained rally in the market? There's just an awful lot to deal with right now. We need to see some signs of inflation peaking. We don't have that data. It's not there. Nobody can make that comment right now. We need something on the Ukraine, on, on Ukraine, excuse me. We need Fed absolutely maintaining a gradual rate hike position. I think that is one of these that may actually happen. And finally, David, we need corporate earnings holding up. But I, I am telling you, there is expectations that the minute we start getting into the, the, the uh, second quarter here, uh, we're going to hear corporate comments and analysts are going to start cutting their estimates in the United States. And I said they've already been doing that in Europe. David, back to you. Yeah, it's uh, all good points, Bob. And as I take a look at Baba, I mean, it's down to levels that I haven't seen since 2018. It's quite a, quite a round trip there. Bob Asani, as a reminder, you can also get on the, uh, in on the CNBC Investing Club with Jim. Sign up, find out more, cnbc.com slash join the club, or just point your phone at the QR code on the screen, and you'll get there. Before we head to break, let's give you a quick uh, look at the bond market. You heard Bob mention yields on the 10-year, exceeding 2%, and that continues to be the case at 2.096. The 30-year, 2.44. We're back, Redlands. Starting today, we're going to have a new lineup for you in the afternoon right here at CNBC. Sarah Eisen is going to anchor Closing Bell. That'll be at 3 p.m. Eastern, talking to business leaders, of course, tracking that final hour of trading. And at 4, tune in for the premiere of Closing Bell 
Overtime, Scott Wapner is going to get actionable ideas from big investors, and he'll bring you all of the market-moving news after hours. That all begins at 3 p.m. today, Eastern. We'll be right back. Uh, get to stop trading. What do you got? Companies that make something, do things, provide a service, and do buyback or add, have a dividend. American Express. Uh, not that much connected to Russia. Not that much connected to China. Americans are traveling like man. Steve Square is doing a fantastic job. Stock holds up. That's not so bad. There you go. Just a good company. American good company. Why not buy it? It's not in the crosshairs of anything. You know, you can't be a Russian oligarch and go to American Express and ask for a billion. Buy so, now, pay later? Is it the process of that? No. If, are that's what they're doing. No, they're not. Yeah, you're very funny. All right. Um, World Food Program I'm looking at. Uh, World Central Kitchen. Everyone should do their same. But I think food is the most important. In that, terms of That was the most important when the Russians destroyed uh, Chechnya. It was important when they destroyed Aleppo. Uh, it's... I mean, I say this. This is like unbelievable. It is. It is. It, Dutch Bros is on tonight. It's horrible. All right, yeah. Marvell Tech. We're going to find out about how bad semis really are. And then Honeywell. Well, they have a great story. David, wow. I want you to keep your head up. I want you to remember Russia's Chechen Wars, how to kill as many people as possible for no reason whatsoever. Thank you. Okay. Thanks, Jim. You've been listening to the opening hour of CNBC's Squawk on the Street. People today can spend half their lives over 50. So it's good to be financially ready for what's important to you as you get older, like a family vacation. Or starting your dream business. Welcome to Connie's Coffee. How may I help you? AARP's trusted financial tools can help you plan for whatever your future holds. That's why the younger you are, the more you need AARP. Start planning today at aarp.org slash money tools.